Hello, and welcome to Anjali Vision, a monthly podcast hosted by me, Anjali Misra, Chicago-based freelance writer and community organizer and general pop culture trivia savant. Each episode, I offer my best analysis of current shows across multiple platforms and genres, and I interview guests about their favorite TV show or current obsession. Come for the intersectional feminist critiques of popular media, stay for the surprisingly deep conversations with folks from a variety of backgrounds about what they love or hate to watch. Hello, dear listeners. Before I dive into my little pop culture musings and share the fun anecdotes from my lovely, lovely friends, I wanted to say that I am sending you all so much care, strength, and love right now. I don't know what the state of things will be when this episode airs, and I know this is a tiny little platform I have here, but I would absolutely be remiss not to use my little platform to ask you all, dear listeners, to continue amplifying calls for a ceasefire in Gaza. I've shared links and resources on social media for emailing, calling, and texting your House and Senate reps to call for ceasefire, as well as other ways to support, such as fundraisers and just general political education resources. I feel like this goes without saying, but I'm not an apolitical person, and this is not an apolitical podcast. If you've listened to even a little bit of any previous episodes, you know this to be true. And if you know me, you know this to be true. Also, if you're someone like me who is involved in community organizing and social justice movement work, you know that we don't just turn away or turn off a part of our hearts or our brains when we engage in our little hobbies such as podcasting. So I hope you enjoy this episode while we continue this fight for collective liberation and an end to tyranny. And now a brief update about the writer's strike, or I should say the strike in Hollywood ongoing strikes. Because in fact, the Writers Guild of America strike after some 150 days has ended because WGA demands were met. But SAG-AFTRA and actors are still on strike and are awaiting negotiations with AMPTP, the Alliance for Motion Picture and Television Producers. I'll have more updates hopefully during the next episode but a number of shows that have been on hiatus slash paused during the strike are still indefinitely paused pending negotiations with SAG-AFTRA and AMPTP. A number of shows as a result of the WGA strike ending, writing has resumed. I'll share more info during the next episode. I guess some new news around that is that season two of Andor, the Star Wars series that airs on Disney+, Plus? the first season of which was really popular. I personally really enjoyed it. That is paused due to the ongoing SAG-AFTRA strike. 
So production of season two is paused. Although I previously reported that season two of Interview of with the Vampire had resumed filming, it is now once again paused because of the strike. You know, still lots of TV to watch out there, right? Stuff that's already aired. And actually today's chapter of Unjulie Vision focuses on everyone's favorite Halloween episodes of beloved TV shows. So I've asked a couple lovely friends to share their favorite Halloween episodes of shows. I've also thrown in a few later on in in the episode. But before I get to those features, yeah, just wanted to share what I have been watching, my reviews around some shows that I recently binged and mixed reviews. Yes, hang in there. Some of these, you'll definitely want to watch some of these. They do not have my seal of approval. But yes, to get us started. All right, y'all. Here's a show that I recently binged and just absolutely fell in love with. It's called Primo on Amazon, the freebie imprint of Amazon. Primo is a eight episode series only one season has aired i believe it was renewed for a second season which is super exciting primo is about a mexican-american teenager from san antonio named rafa who is balancing college aspirations societal expectations and a hectic home life that is all anchored by his single mom and five uncles yeah, I'm not usually someone who enjoys the sitcom format, the situation comedy, but this is absolutely like very much a scripted narrative episodic sitcom, very much along the lines of like Malcolm in the Middle and those kinds of shows that are not filmed in, in front of a live studio audience, but de- definitely deal with the day-to-day lives and tribulations of a modern american family that kind of thing i just found it super charming i I was reading some reviews from other tv critics and christina vidal who plays rafa's mom gets a lot of praise for her performance and rightfully this is someone who has been in the industry and working in hollywood for actually a really long time like she herself was like a young like teen actor she was like some disney original movies that's what i like recognize her from but now she's plays this mom in this show and just does a really great job i think all of the performers are really wonderful one of the things i really love about this show primo is that it definitely diverts away from becoming this very stereotypified narrative about a mexican-american family and feels really authentic and just heartfelt and thoughtful and it's also super funny all of the actors who play rafa's uncles have like really big personalities and neuroses and quirks that make them super unique and hilarious the chemistry and dynamic between all of the performers is lovely just really enjoyed primo on the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> a show I recently binged that I did not love. It was so-so. I didn't hate it. Was Harlan Coben's Shelter, which is a series you can watch on Prime Video. 
first season just aired in 2023. I think it was renewed for a second season. First season comprised of eight episodes. They're all about 40 to 50 minutes long. And the whole show is based off of the popular thriller writer Harlan Coben. He's done some other projects that have been adapted into film and television. But this one focuses on the misadventures of some young adults. So the plot of Shelter is that after his father's sudden death, Mickey Bolitar starts a new life in Castleton, New Jersey, where he becomes entangled in the mysterious disappearance of Ashley Kent, a student at his school, leading him to discover a dark underworld in the quiet suburban community. For me, going into watching this show, I felt like it had all the trappings to be very similar to your Riverdale, your Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, your Nancy Drew reboot, all of these shows that have become popular in recent years that um, center around like teens on mysterious and sometimes supernatural adventures. The plot itself is based off of this 2011 novel that Harlan Coben wrote. So it actually predates, in some cases, a lot of these shows that have become popular. The execution of the show itself does not deliver (laughs) on its promise. I think that the performances are really wonderful. So for example... The actor, Jaden Michael, who plays the show's main character, Mickey Bolitar, starred in the Netflix biopic about Colin Kaepernick, Colin in black and white. He really is a strength of the series, but the plot, just really weak, relies a lot on red herrings that get revealed dissolved all at once at the end and quite frankly they were all very predictable i don't feel like i'm giving any spoilers (laughs) overall just a mediocre watch i'm not sure what they're gonna do with this second season if it gets renewed or if if it was even renewed because certainly the first season ended on a cliffhanger we shall see but that's my review (laughs) Moving right along, I think it's important for the listeners to know that I am struggling with a dry cough. The changing of the season is deeply affecting my lungs, and so that's why I sound weird. (laughs) I'm just trying to humanize myself for the people who listen to this who already know me very well. (laughs) So I also recently watched the... Walking Dead spinoff series that I mentioned in a previous podcast as a show that was cleared by the WGA and SAG-AFTRA writer's strike to continue production, um, and it ultimately aired this past fall slash the last episode just aired last week as of the recording of this podcast, the Daryl Dixon series of the walking dead universe which of course airs on amc so what is the show about 
Daryl washes ashore in France, which we find out is the origin of the entire zombie virus. And he struggles to piece together how he got there and why. So some mild amnesia. The series tracks his journey across a broken but resilient France as he hopes to find a way back home. As he makes the journey, though, the connections he forms along the way complicate his ultimate plan. The first season was six episodes, about 45 minutes each. Again, another show that because ratings are really good, it's been renewed for a second season. Starring our beloved Norman Reedus, who has played Daryl Dixon for all 11 seasons of the original Walking Dead series, and then obviously reprises his role in the spinoff, as well as every Harry Potter film fan's favorite Fleur de la Coeur, the French actress Clemence Poissy, who plays Daryl's right-hand woman slash confidant slash sister-in-arms. I was surprised by how this show was both simultaneously a departure from the original Walking Dead series, which again, I uh, have mentioned before, I've watched the entire series. This show was a departure from the original series in that I think it relied less on some of the more horrific, you know, and, and I mean, I mean horrific in the sense of horror genre tropes for its sensationalization and entertainment. It relied less on those horror tropes and more on intimate character exploration, character development, and like setting. I think it really beautifully featured France. As a teen, I (laughs) traveled across France, just like Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I like have been to a lot of the cities and locations that are featured (laughs) in the Daryl Dixon series. The series creators did a really cool job of imagining what France would look like in a zombie apocalypse speaking of horror it's time to move into the spooky section of today's episode so we are just a few days away from halloween it's my favorite holiday just some recommended shows that have just an overall halloween vibe to them if you haven't already watched There's like a slew of these types of shows on Netflix, and I love them all equally. So definitely check out Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Ran for a couple seasons. All of them are available on Netflix. Wednesday, just one season. Second season is on pause. Stranger Things, similarly, production for the final season is uh, paused. But yeah, all very spoopy vibes. Halloweeny. We love it. (laughs) Another show I want to plug is Pretty Little Liars, colon, original sin. I watched it through HBO Max, a little miniseries spinoff of the very popular Pretty Little Liars franchise. Takes place in its own isolated 
universe setting landscape very much like the focus is around like Halloween and it's a murder mystery but also this feminist empowerment slash final girl redemption story. I don't want to get too into it. I might cover it in future episodes but I love like love loved it. So Pretty Little Liars Original Sin on HBO Max. Please 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 check it out. But yeah, without further ado, let me cut to my guest contributors, Jody, Steph, Jenny, who all shared some reflections. The spooky Halloween episode that I'm going to tell you about is season seven, episode one of Full House, titled It Was a Dark and Stormy Night. This aired September 14th, 1993. The summary of it is DJ Stephanie and Michelle come home from summer camp. Michelle brings home a rabbit she was supposed to let go. But as Danny says, he should be the one to let it go. DJ Stephanie and Michelle go back to camp with Steve and let the rabbit go. When they get there, they find the bunny gone, Steve's car is stuck, and a surprising visitor. We had a VHS... like a taped one when I was a kid where there was a commercial for this episode and this is the part that has always stuck with me where the kids they're in a cabin the lights are out the rain's going they hear a weird noise and Steve innocently is like uh it's probably just the wind and Stephanie is like it's never just the wind and then the shutters go the lights flicker chaos ensues but this episode of Full House is great because like all Full House episodes it is full camp it's delicious. I hope you watch it, please. But thank you for this beautiful prompt. Enjoy. My favorite Halloween episode TV show is Over the Garden Wall, which is a Cartoon Network animation series. It's just a fantastic show in general, but I really liked it because you don't realize that it's a Halloween show until the second to last episode. And things like the characters' ridiculous costumes just seems like part of the ridiculous world that the show takes place in, but then at the very end, it contextualizes everything by showing you that it's actually Halloween night. I'm a scaredy cat when it comes to horror, so I don't watch a lot of scary movies and TV shows. My boyfriend recently wanted to watch Archive 81 on Netflix with me, so we put on the first episode. I thought it was a mystery show. We're watching it and I'm like, dude, why is this show spooky as hell? That's when he realized I don't like scary shows. We didn't make it past the first episode because it was too creepy for me. However, I hear it's really good though. Some of the scenes remind me of the original Candyman movie. The main character is restoring creepy footage in a mysterious compound. I think there might be a cult or demons on the show. I will never know because I'm not going to watch the rest of the series. Thanks again to Jody, Steph, and Jenny. And then lastly, I wanted to share, Chet wanted to plug a very memorable episode of the Disney Channel show, Lizzie McGuire. There's a Halloween episode where Miranda, Lizzie's bestie, her parents play a Dia de los Muertos prank on the kids. So Chet says, at least I think that's what happened. I just remember learning about the holiday that way and how Miranda's parents were in on the joke. And it was a nice little punch up for Mexican-American culture. So thanks, Chet. I have quite a few Halloween episodes I want to share about. 
Okay, so I'll try to quickly run down the list, but in no particular order, these are my favorite Halloween episodes of shows. So first, the Halloween episode of My So-Called Life. Oh, Claire Danes, some of you might remember the one season 19 episode series starring Claire Danes, who at the time I believe was like 15, a super young Jared Leto, even though he drinks unicorn blood and seemingly doesn't age. The 90s teen angst is just so prevalent in every single episode. And this episode titled Halloween, episode 9, is no different. There's something about young people celebrating Halloween in the suburbs that brings out just the angstiest decisions over costumes and are you too old to trick or treat the answer is always yes little crushes oh my god uh there's also this ghost subplot where angela the main character played by claire danes breaks into their school after hours as like a halloween prank with her buddies and prior to that here's the story about a kid who died on campus and then she keeps seeing his ghost what does it mean Uh, love it. A treat to watch. Speaking of treats, Freaks and Geeks, episode three called Tricks and Treats. Again, something about young people celebrating Halloween in the suburbs. (laughs) There's also like a prank subplot in this episode. Nothing spooky. I love Freaks and Geeks, another show that came out in 1999, only aired one season, 18 episodes, created by Judd Apatow, who went on to do so many other projects and comedy films it was also like the beginning of the careers of people like seth rogan and busy phillips and linda cardellini and john francis daly and martin Starr, jason siegel like to see them so young and also still like already full of potential and talent as performers is pretty cool Every year in the suburbs across America, there's like always a candy scare of this candy is poisonous or like this candy got recalled. And of course, like every town has their super religious people who are protesting Halloween because it's satanic or whatever. Like all of those tropes I find to be so familiar and yet somehow rendered charming in a TV show. Moving right along to another 90s show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which began airing in 1997, ran for seven seasons, has created so much spinoff content across the Buffyverse. There are countless podcasts dedicated to breaking down the show, like episode by episode. I won't say too much about Buffy, especially because I know there are like so many super fans out there. And I do love the series. I think over the course of my life, I've probably watched it in its entirety just because it was always on TV (laughs) and is now available in its entirety on Hulu. But the episode that I really love, which kind of universally a lot of people put this on their like best Halloween episodes ever, is episode four from season four of Buffy called Fear Itself. Just such a campy episode Uh, obviously a lot of Buffy episodes are campy but the camp factor 
in this episode is tremendous. At this point in the series, Buffy and some of her friends are freshmen in college. And one of the frats on campus accidentally open a portal and summon a demon that feeds off of fear. And so the frat house becomes a house of horrors. And then Buffy has to fix it with the Scooby gang, aka her buddies, using witchcraft and slayer power. And meanwhile, Buffy is nursing a broken heart from a casual fling that she took more seriously than the guy that she was with. Right up there with some of the best Buffy episodes. I'm going to give an honorable mention to Euphoria, (laughs) just because of the utter intertextuality, some might say, of the show being about a bunch of teens and Maude Apatow, the daughter of Judd Apatow, the creator of Freaks and Geeks, being like in a main role on Euphoria in the Halloween episode of Euphoria, which is season one. The episode is called The Next Episode. Maude Apatow, her character, dresses up as Bob Ross for Halloween with just the most impressive beard and wig to ever beard and wig. It's just so good. It's just a sight to see. Honorable mention, definitely check out the Halloween episode from season one of Euphoria. (laughs) Some additional honorable mentions. These are like some shows that I definitely love and watched over the years. Can't like particularly recall the Halloween episodes, but these also show up on a bunch of lists as people's universal favorites. Every Halloween episode of Blackish, the costumes are so good. Community, definitely some cult classic episodes there. The Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors, come on, unbeatable. Bob's Burgers, again, such great stories. <laughs> and lastly, Hey Arnold, honorable mention to the Halloween episode of Hey Arnold. I vaguely remember this just because I watched it as a child, but. I also trick-or-treated the first few years of my life in a neighborhood that is very reminiscent of Arnold's neighborhood. And I don't know, something endearing about that. Very sweet. I hope it was fun for y'all to go down Halloween memory lane with me and some of my buddies. Again, I'm sending everyone so much love and care. Please remember to check out the links and resources that I We'll be sharing on my social media. Thanks again for listening, friends. I have been your host, Anjali. Thank you once again to my guest contributors, Jody, Steph, Jenny, and Chet. This episode was edited by the always lovely Audrey Cornell, and Anjali Vision is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Thanks for tuning in and catch you next time.